0: To Pod Save Africa. Welcome 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 to Pod Save. pod save africa welcome to pod save africa welcome to pod save africa welcome Welcome. hello we are back from djibouti to dakar from morocco to madagascar from somalia to senegal from burundi to benin from lusaka to lagos welcome to pod save africa it's your host akandia derely with my wonderful co-host
1: Casala dearly, hello guys. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, we are back. We're back. We're pumped, excited to be back with you. And of course, the best place to get with you is to get you a news update. You know, so we love to keep you informed about the ongoings in the world, specifically the continent of Africa. Letting you know what's going on, what's not going on, the truth behind the mysteries, the veil behind the media, the light behind the darkness, the dawn before the dusk. Mm. <laughs> we are uh, here. We are here to keep you informed about what's popping up. So we
1: got to that. So I you. hope your listeners could see the look on my face right now. I, I, am really just, uh, all the way I roll on top of I roll. <laughs> yes, yes. See, see the treatments
0: I get. Anyway, yeah. um, thank you for listening in, guys. Thanks for being back here with us. We're here to give you a bunch of the news stories that we have going on this this uh, this this. Um, keep you posted on what's going on. And how about we get started with our first story? Um, shall I take this one? Shall I do us the honors if you don't mind?
1: Yes, please go ahead.
0: Yes, yes, yes. All right. So the thing that's probably an honor in your mind, on mine, on your friends, on your cousins, on your friends, especially if they have been doing a lot of traveling recently, is the what? Coronavirus. Sorry to make it sound so exciting, but it it's not exciting at all. But the corona virus has actually made landfall unfortunately in africa the one recorded case at this in time the one confirmed case rather has been in nigeria however this is a time for us to commend the nigerian government because their response has been nothing short of phenomenal the health ministry put out an information update that within a, within a day of the person being identified they quarantined the individual uh and have taken all the necessary precautions while keeping the uh, public very informed. The first case, like I said, was confirmed in Nigeria. Authorities said the uh, index patient arrived in Lagos from Milan. He's an Italian business traveler who arrived in Lagos from Milan on February 25th. They said that he's clinically stable and is being treated at a deli- dedicated facility for infectious disease. It's a disease. Apparently Nigeria has four of these to treat these uh, diseases at this time. For its part, the government has actually started to stay stayed ahead of the narrative and put out preparatory plans even before any cases were confirmed. I'm um, just to give you a global update, get you guys where everything is. Uh, over 80,000 people in nearly 50 countries have been infected. Nearly 3,000 have died. The Most of them have been in China and the Hubei uh, province. If you guys know Wuhan, that's, that's where the uh, epicenter of a lot of the a virus started. Uh, the patient was screened when he was arrived at, at Murtala uh, Mohammed Airport. He didn't show any signs of the virus at the time. Um, they got a passenger manifest from the airline and started tracking people who had contact with the patient. So uh, the, the uh, Health Minister has has directed all of its members to treat um, every single every single case as a possible coronavirus infection. Uh, Nigeria did a phenomenal job, if you remember, back in 2014, with regards to Ebola uh, outbreak. And it's just great to see the, the con- country stepping up and doing a phenomenal job, um, keeping people abreast, tracking it, even where, um, even where other more advanced countries or more resources haven't done quite as much, right? Um, everywhere else in the African continent, places where there have not been uh, uh, coronavirus confirmed cases um kenya has suspended all flights from china at this time Uh, my understanding is that that has been under a lot of pressure from its people to to do that um deciding whether or not that's the right move remains to be evaluated um all almost all african countries have publicly put in place strict screening at points of extra uh, entry especially airports um coast kenya ethiopia and Botswana have recorded suspected cases um all except Botswana have reported that the tests were negative. Um and African Airlines have canceled scheduled flights to China with the exception of Ethiopian Airlines. As of writing this uh message together. Um so that's that is uh that is uh the coronavirus updates. I mean, any thoughts on uh the the current virus sweeping through a nation? Sorry, country, sorry, world.
1: Yeah, through the world. Um couple of thoughts here. So I'm sure we've all heard about Corona. We've all probably heard different things.
2: Secondary school. But
1: coronavirus. Not everyone knows Corona. Secondary school.
2: And
0: yeah,
1: not Nigerian. Yes. Coronavirus. Yes. Uh, and not Corona beer either. Coronavirus. Yes. Um, yes. That's
0: Corona beer. They, are, they have nothing to do with each other.
1: Yes. This, they're very, they're still bad very bad. distinctive things. Yes.
0: You cannot get the coronavirus virus by drinking Corona beer. You probably cannot no, beer because it tastes like, never mind.
2: Never mind. Please continue.
1: Disclaimer, this episode is not an ad for Corona Beer.
0: It's not know, an ad. We are not advocating for or against your beer.
1: No. But a couple of thoughts here. So, first, when, the first, when we first started hearing about coronavirus, it was very alarming. But when one does some digging, you would find out that it's actually not as um, dangerous, I guess, for lack of better words, than as the Ebola. It has a two percent mortality rate, as compared to the Ebola, which had a higher mortality rate. The unfortunate thing, though, is that it's spreading really quickly, um, and there is not a full understanding of what the coronavirus really is. At least, what this strain of the coronavirus is, because there are a couple of different coronaviruses there's a the SARS which every most a lot of other people already know and I'll, that is more well understood but this one not so much and it's just for you our listeners there's a great article about um how the african how african countries are preparing for the coronavirus on the atlantic council atlanticcouncil.com and we'll be sure to link it in this episode as we record, as we drop it. Um, But one great thing and what's helped our African countries prepare for this the outbreak is that once the first few cases were recorded, the WHO rapidly identified 13 priority African countries, including Algeria, Angolia, Cote d'Ivoire, Nigeria, Ethiopia, Ghana, Mauritius, South Africa, Tanzania. I'm not going to mention the rest just for lack of, so I don't lose my breath. And they've been working with them, coordinating with them to make sure that each country is prepared to handle it if there is a break in, if there is a case identified in their country. A lot of other articles, a lot of articles have appeared to kind of be curious about this, why there has only been three cases right now that have been, I guess, identified, maybe not fully confirmed. In the African continent. It's not spread as quickly on the African continent as the rest of the world and everybody's kind of surprised by that. I'm not sure why but um, it's nice to know that there was quick coordination with, between the WHO and these African countries and so African countries have already immensely so I guess it was slightly surprising but also like admirably so have begun taking effective steps towards making sure that there is no outbreak, and if there is, that it's carefully handled and monitored. Um, but we there, there are many cases of people getting the coronavirus and being healed. Not every person that gets it automatically dies, and it's not as easy to for in, term, in man terms, it's not as easy to die pass away from the coronavirus as it was from the Ebola. So there's that's definitely one to keep in mind and to put peace in our hearts, but it's something that we should, you know, keep thinking about and finding more information about. But like I said, we'll link that article in the in, on the website and also when when this episode drops.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, you know, PSAs are going out around good precautions to take um, about how to, you know, uh, move forward. Of course, you know, people who are much older are, of course, at risk. People with lower strength in their immune systems are, are, of course, also at risk. And to keep them in mind, even though we're not forgetting it, we're not saying, thank God, it's not us. It's just, hey, the risk is not as dangerous as it's as, as it's pur- 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 purported to. That's a lot of people would be worried about. But, however, like, you want to take us into the next bit?
1: Yeah. Um, before we move on, I think it is important to Always be as informed as possible, Um, not to catch on to the craze that is affecting the world through social media about Mm -hmm. the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. If you can do some digging of your own, find some articles. There are lots of lots of information out there, Um, and it's important to do so so that we don't um, perpetrate stereotypes and so we can avoid prejudice. You don't you don't want to. I remember during the Ebola virus, unfortunately, somebody that I know of met a librarian and so said they're running from them you know in the streets is not a good look but you don't want to be one of those people you know you want to be as informed as possible avoid prejudice avoid any form of you know conflict between people by staying informed and that even helps you, you worry less you know how to protect yourself and one of the ways you can stay informed is by listening to this episode. Da da da. And so, moving into the next week, we're going to talk about how to keep yourself safe from the coronavirus. How to be as safe conscious as possible. And step one involves wetting your hands. If you have, if you guys haven't got caught on with this first step, this we're talking about how to wash your hands. Um, you need to wash your hands. Um, that's the best way to stay protected from the virus um, or one of the better ways wet your hands with clean running water
2: mm-hmm.
1: then turn off the tap and soap up your hands yeah. so you wet your hands and you put some soap and then you you know lather it in lather in the, lather. The, uh, the soap into your hands and this is step two either onto the back of your hands onto your fingers onto your nails not in either that, Hello. oh all, all of your fingers and all of your nails. In fact, lay there up onto your elbow if you can, because any part of your forearm, you're going to probably get it around your body. Scrub your hands for at least 20 seconds. I'm sure this seems like a short time, but it was, it's really not, especially when you're washing your hands. Most people think it of as a mindless thing that you just kind of do and go, but no. If you can count the 20 seconds, sing um, happy birthday twice through to keep time, but wash your hands for at least 20 seconds I have a and question. because that has been shown to remove more microbes than washing for shorter periods.
0: Yep, that's step four. Quick question about step three. So do you yes. sing like the black happy birthday or the white happy birthday? Or is mm. it Feliz Navidads, da, dan, 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 dan. Feliz is Navidad. Feliz Navidads happy birthday?
1: No, I think that's more Christmas. Oh
0: God, I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: Or happy holidays, it's not birthday for sure though. No. Whatever passes time by for 20 seconds, please do. You yes. of your choice, <laughs> even if it's Feliz Navidad, which is not happy birthday. Step four, rinse your hands under clean running water. You've lifted the germs from your hands, now you want to get them off completely, you want to flush them out. Rinse all of your hands from your fingertips to your elbows. And then dry your hands using a clean towel or air dry them. I think it might be better to clean, use a clean towel than air dry because many people have said air spreads germs and that's a bit worse. Off. I don't know, but I prefer to use a clean towel. And drying, if you, if you clean your hands, if you dry your hands off um, rather than just leaving them wet, wet hands. you do that because wet hands easily transfer viruses. So you want your hands to be as dry as possible. And once you're done in the bathroom, I know this is one of the riskier things for me when I'm leaving the bathroom after washing my hands. Try and use your elbows to open the door, or something, or grab a towel, open the door, and find a way to toss it to some basketball skills into the trash can so you don't touch any of the doors and stuff. These mm-hmm. doors are one of the most dangerous sources of germs mm-hmm. as there are.
2: Washing their hands. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Did you talk about the, uh, don't
0: touch your face? Don't touch your face?
1: Yes, keep your hands off your face. For some of us, for me, this is one of the harder things to do. Oh. You scratch the eye, you touch your nose, but as much as possible, keep your hands off of your face because you're getting closer to the entryways that can, you know, where these viruses can enter your body. So as much as, if you can, if you need to touch your face, grab a towel, grab something else, but don't use your hands and safeguard yourself. Have some hand sanitizer around you at all times, so that as soon as you're touching any surfaces, you're sanitizing yourself. Also avoid contact as much as possible. I know people are going to be offended, but if you can't shake their hands right now, you know, can't talk too many times, especially if you don't know them like that. that, that might be advisable to do. If you work in a place that is exposed to continuous contacts, like I work in an open office, so that means anyone can sit on a desk at any time, um, continually sanitize it. Most offices now have wipes and stuff available. So wipe them down, wipe your keyboards, your desks, your office countertops, knobs, anything that you can, that you will touch or can't touch, please wipe them down for your safety. Thank Thank you.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, guys, please wash your hands. Get, keep your your hands. Face, no matter how attractive you think you are, keep your hands off your face. Keep your hands off other people's faces. Wait,
1: why yeah. would why would attraction have to do with you putting no, your hands on your face?
0: Like, wow, oh,
1: okay, interesting. I think people do. I think I've learned something new.
2: Okay,
0: well, sure. when you got it, you got it. sorry. Okay. Um, <clears throat> moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. So, another fun story. Another fun, exciting story. But this time we go to Guinea-Bissau, guys. This is a curious case. Our headline is that Guinea-Bissau now has two presidents and two prime ministers. as reported by the BBC. What? <laughs> I might ask.
2: Da, da, da. Why?
0: Or God. Knee-slapping. Shock. <laughs> well, they had an election. The opposition leader, Mr. Umaru Sissoko and Balo, won over 50% of the votes. And he... Insist that he's the rightful head of state. We'll see why he making make a case. I don't want most of those. I should be the president. However, Guinea Bissau's former governing party has impo- appointed an interim president and sworn in a prime minister, despite losing last year's presidential poll. The PAIGC, which is the opposition team, went to the Supreme Court. To, sorry, the PAIGC, which is the, the governing uh, party, went to the Supreme Court to demand the result is overturned. And the Supreme Court is yet to have issued a ruling. As a result, Guinea-Bissau has two presidents and prime ministers. How, you might ask, the opposition leader went to a luxury hotel, a hotel, <laughs> well, luxury hotel, not the luxury hole. I don't think there's any such thing. Like a, like a hole with, like, King Bat. Never mind. Uh, luxury hotel, and, and he swore himself in, swore a prime minister in. And, um, now there are two presidents apparently. I don't know how that's working. If they're sharing seats, who gets the Air Force One, you know, how does that kind of shake out? I don't know yet. However, the PAIGC, just to give you some history, which is a former governing party, technically, or the new governing party, I'm not really sure. The former governing party has dominated politics since independence from Portugal in 1974. Yes, yes, Portugal, where the colonial masters are Guinea-Bissau. if you forgot. so, It appointed its own man, the parliamentary leader, Cipriano Casama, as president, Um, and he wasn't even a candidate in the December runoff poll. So um, it's kind of choppy. Guinea-Bissau is already a fairly unstable uh, country by many metrics because it's had nine coups or attempted coups, a total of nine coups slash attempted coups since uh, 1980, which was six years after So. That's roughly. Let's do some math here. on does twenty twenty now. That's forty years. Okay, so nine coups. That gives you roughly, 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 roughly a coup every years. Two and a half years. Every two and a half years. Is that the math? Yeah, every two and a half years. Get you.
1: I doubt my math. My math.
0: Great, Great job. Yeah. So, yes. <clears throat> yes. 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 So actually, no. That's not a two every two and a half. That's- years.
1: Let's two on some? No.
0: That's every four and four four and a half years.
1: Twenty divided by nine, I can't.
0: No, no, no. 40, forty. Forty divided by nine. Oh, 40. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: it was four years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I saw that thought that's not yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: That's cool. I forgive it.
1: Four and a four years. Four and
0: for every four and a half years a political. So this does not bode well for the country. Please keep them in your your prayers, your uh, thoughts, even after this is all being resolved, hopefully the Supreme Court can come to a ruling that is fair, just, and can select the rightful leader of the country and evaluate the elections as it is and um, rule one way or another and, and decide what happens. And hopefully that transition, post whatever decision there is, is peaceful and safe for all the people from Guinea-Bissau that are involved. Con, do you want to take our next story?
1: Wait, I have some thoughts. How long is yeah, the term? Sorry, how long is the presidency term in Guinea-Bissau? Because if, yeah. if it's every four years, so that means they've had a coup almost every single time they've had to elect a president. <laughs> uh,
0: I, think, I don't think it's spread e- evenly across the, the, uh, their uh, history like that. Um, it's, it's more of a... I think they have five-year terms there.
1: Okay. Mm. Close enough. Interesting. Yes. Um, yes.
0: Only one of their presidents since independence has ever finished his five-year term
1: interesting that is also something interesting to know but this story is funny it reminds me of that meme um look at me i am your president now you
2: <laughs> <have> you.
1: <laughs> i am your prime minister now and, well that's all my thoughts yeah so, <laughs> um, probably not a very good thought but that was it
0: A uh, choppy situation they have over there five-year term the only one president. so yeah it's gonna be um it's gonna be an interesting one see how that plays out um yeah so it's it's uh yeah let's keep watching and paying attention to what happens over there mm-hmm. um and hopefully everything gets resolved very smoothly but it's one thing once again your radar it's going down in guinea beside. south all right
1: maybe so all
0: right on, the next one's on you
1: okay moving on uh this story comes out of ethiopia and it's about the nile dam rule so the u.s is pressuring if you get to sign a deal about the Nile of Dam Rohe. Now who is this deal with, you, you say? This deal would be with Egypt and Sudan. Most people know the river Nile as originating from Egypt, but it actually goes through Ethiopia and Sudan as well. Um, the United States says that Ethiopia must, in the shortest possible time, sign a deal with Egypt and Sudan about a giant dam that is, that is being built on the river Nile. Stephen Murchin, the US Treasury Secretary, said the final testing and filling of the dorm should not take place without an agreement. Ethiopians have reacted angrily on social media, calling on Prime Minister Abaim Ahmed, the new Prime Minister, to resist the US pressure. Earlier this week, Ethiopia failed to attend what was meant to be the final signing of the accord. Egypt and Sudan fear that the $2 billion project. Would deprive their populations of the two billion dollar dam would deprive their populations of water. This the Great Windinnsa Dam at the heart of Ethiopia's manufacturing and industrial dreams. When it's completed, it's expected to be to generate a massive six thousand megawatts of electricity.
0: More than Nigeria's current capacity. I want to let you.
1: Yes, please Yes. So I'm sure you're wondering. So what is this dam role? it's the latest talks to try and resolve the dispute between um the so what is this dam road that is causing a dispute between ethiopia and egypt um it's a part of a giant hydropower project on the Nile river and last year a deadline of 15th of february was set to solve the long-standing impasse between ethiopia and egypt about this dam but the latest round of talks Ended in a deadlock. When complete, the dam which Ethiopia is building is expected to be Africa's biggest hydroelectric power plant. Its construction began in 2011 on the Blue Nile tributary in the northern Ethiopian highlands, from where 85% of the Nile's water flows. So I'm guessing you guys can see a picture of what the problem is now. So they're building a dam on the main source of water from the River Nile, and that might affect how much water egypt and sudan might get um, after that dam is being built so so this has caused a row with egypt and ethiopia and somehow sudan has been caught in between some fear that this dispute might lead to war and so now the u.s has stepped in to mediate i'm not sure why the u.s is in the middle of everything though, but they are there um, at the center of the dispute are plans to fill up the mega dam as Egypt fears that the project will allow Ethiopia to control the flow of Africa's longest river. So another big fear is that Egypt thinks that Ethiopia would control their water and might, you know, limit or ration it as they choose. And this is also kind of like a source of power for Ethiopia over Egypt. And you know, when there's power, there's trouble. When there's power tussles, there's trouble. Hydroelectric power stations do not consume water. So, it doesn't limit how much water they get, but the speed with which Ethiopia fills up the dam reservoirs will affect the flow downstream. So, they're not eating up the water per se, but they are affecting the flow, which is still a problem. The longer it takes to fill the reservoir, which is going to be bigger than, than Greater London with a capacity of 74 billion cubic meters, so it's going to take a long time, the less impact there will be on the level of the river. Ethiopia wants to finish the dam project in six years and finish filling the reservoir in six years. Um, Ethiopia's water minister, Seleshi Bekeli, said in September last year that they have a plan to start filling on the next rainy season and start generating power with two turbines in December of 2020, so by the end of this year. But Egypt has proposed a longer period so that the level of the river does not dramatically drop especially in the initial phase of the reservoir. So Egypt is saying, Hold on guys, chill. Take your time, you know, so that we're not affected. So this three way talks between Egypt, Sudan, Ethiopia over putting a Dam and Reservoir has not made any progress in more than four years. And so now that's why the US has stepped in to try and mediate. Any thoughts on that, Aki?
0: Yeah, so that one is kind of an interesting everybody knows the River now, you know, Egypt, you know, uh, you know the story of Moses and all that. You know, yeah. yeah, I have like a bunch of songs playing in my head right now. But um, <clears throat> the the basic context is that the, the Nile is one of very few rivers to flow from south to north. Actually, so a lot of people are like, "What?" But it actually flows from south to north. Um, the reason why is because the north, the northern part of Africa, is actually downhill, basically from southern half. It's actually lower elevation, so water flows down that way. However, it does like, you know, of course, as rivers do, they go up, they go down, they meander, but generally, it's always flowing from north heading to south. Um, the, the problem is that the river flows through, the Nile River flows through a lot of places, including Ethiopia, Sudan, and Egypt, right, before it gets to the uh, Mediterranean Sea. So basically, <clears throat> the, the Ethiopians are like, hey, we want power. We're building this like huge hydroelectric bomb, all that sort fun of stuff. And Egypt is like, can you like slow, I think that the rate at which they fill it up, fill up the dam will affect how much the water levels are affected downstream basically. Because if you fill it too quickly, you don't give the earth enough time to adjust. There's not enough more water pouring in. There's not enough rain to balance it out. Then the, the, the now fat farmers, all the agricultural bed in Egypt will, be, will, will suffer greatly because the river level will just be so much lower. Um, and they're proposing a longer, like, I think it's like eight to ten years, I opposed to eat, uh, Ethiopia's six-year period. Um, so it's, it's going to be an interesting discussion. Um, apparently, the Ethiopian Prime Minister didn't even show up for talks. Um, so it's, uh, it's a little spicy, if you, if you, if you feel my drift. because course, Ethiopia wants its power as soon as possible. I mean, 6,000 megawatts of capacity has more than some countries produce or have capacities produce. So... Yeah. Um, I try
1: to understand why Ethiopia won't even hear Egypt out. Sorry to Um,
0: question. they may feel like six years is adequate. I was like, all right, where are you? We're already waiting six years when we could have this thing happen much quicker for ourselves. So we're, we're already doing the deal. Um and they feel like, hey, we're building a thing on our own land. We have sovereign rights over what's going through our land. If you don't like it, sorry, buddy. Um, you know, a lot of countries sometimes take that stance as far as okay. Like, hey, so good luck. Sorry for you that it's going from our land to your land, basically. But um, this is an example of in cooperative interactions mm-hmm. with countries. Maybe there's some way to have a cross benefit because up until now, Ethiopia really hasn't had massive benefits from the Nile River um, at this point. So <clears throat> um, we'll see how it we'll see how it goes. Um, and and yes, yeah, i, I mean, I'm kind of curious about how. Um, about how that negotiation happens together. And you also have to understand, because it's been going on for so long, I mean, like Egypt has been through so many, has been through quite a turbulent time with regards to, you know, some some different, uh, uh, you know, power changes and things of that nature. And one thing to note too is that this, like, it's kind of choppy because if you look at the map, the, the blue Nile and the white Nile are two different rivers that combine to form the main Nile, basically. Like, imagine, like, the legs on the stick there. <laughs> there's a blue Nile, there's a white Nile. They combine some, somewhere in Sudan.
1: Like Hawaii, yes.
0: Yeah, they combine the Kachan and then flow upwards. To, so Ethiopia probably looking at it like, yo, we're just half of the, like, important. Okay. To, yeah. Yeah. Like, so we're trying to build the Nile off our own area. Why are you guys bothering us go bug the guys with the with the uh, from the white night I believe the white now stands starts like on the border between Kenya and Uganda. Actually I think it's in uh, it's in Uganda so solidly sort of, somewhere in Uganda. From Lake Victoria. Ooh who knew who knew look at me learning about geography. Um, but yeah that's how it flows and and um, so of course uh, Sudan is generally cool with the deal um, despite the amount of like Even Sudan itself, has had a lot of kind of...
1: Political rifts and stuff.
0: Um, And then, of course, you know, Egypt, uh, Ethiopia probably doesn't want to sign anything that forces them to do things the way another country wants them to do it. I apologize for that sound, friends. That is my dryer letting me know that my clothes are ready.
2: Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I'm not
1: wearing
0: a tank top I found in 2003. I'm not, okay. I have nice clothes on.
1: But well, I think this is an important life lesson for us and for our listeners. And what I take out of it as a life lesson is that every small thing that you do, regardless of what you think that, ah, this has no consequence on any other person but myself, absolutely. typically does. So it, talks you, it causes you to take into consideration every action if you think that it has an impact on someone else other than you, but it does.
0: I, doubt, I strongly doubt that it will lead to a war at any point because I just don't think it's worth it in any way. Um, and war in no all war, the dam is still solving. So unless you do find it, taking the right it.
1: What I don't understand is why the U.S. was called to, to help to mediate. Why not some other African country? Why not some other country African like governing Buddy,
0: the African Union is also involved in the US, far as I understand. It's just like the, the US is just
2: like, guys, like, hey, come on, cheer, cheer, cheer. Right, yeah, so, um, yeah, that's 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 what I take from it. Any final thoughts?
1: No, that was all my thoughts. You want to take the last story?
0: Yep, yeah, yep, 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 sure, sure, sure. So, um Huh, this one is interesting because, you know, of course, when somebody passes on, it's, you know, you feel sad for them. Okay, like, hey, this is this is terrible. This is you know nobody deserves death. Um, however, this person one, won was old, so you know, of course, he lived out his life um, for good and for, for better or for worse. He lived out his life, um, but he was, certainly was very very influential. Um, if you guys remember President Hosni Mubarak, um, if you don't remember that name, let me remind you. Um, He was a former president of Egypt during the Arab Spring. Um, He was Egypt's very fourth president from 1981 till sometime around 2011, almost 40 years. So, um, almost 30 years, or more than, for almost 30 years. He stepped down after the popular Revolution 11 and he has now died at at 91. Um, Egypt will bury its former president on Wednesday after a military funeral um, top military f- officials are, are expected to attend, but it, nobody's clear if President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi will do so. El-Sisi, if you remember correctly, if you remember, also worked for him, but also kind of tipped the side of the protesters when the, uh, when the, because <clears throat> it was Mubarak, and then after Mubarak, it was, uh, what was that fellow from the Muslim Brotherhood? it was that guy, and then it was El-Sisi, so, um. Um, Mubarak's, uh, Mubarak was jailed actually for years after 2000, the 2011 uh, uprising, but he was freed in 2017 after he was acquitted of most of the charges. Um, the acquittal stunned many Egyptians, thousands of whom uh, poured into central Cairo to show their anger against the court. Um, the Arab Spring protests, if you guys remember around that time, 2010-2011, uh, they really, really ate up a lot of regimes around the Middle East, turned down a lot of regimes that led for a long time. It's what led to the Syrian war that is still ongoing at this time. Um, the state television said that Mubarak died in a Cairo hospital where he had undergone uh, unspecified surgery. Uh, that They said that he had health complications but offered no other details. One of his sons, Allah, A L A A, Allah,
2: hmm.
0: A-L-A-L-A. I, I don't know how to correctly pronounce that, but I felt like I was pronouncing the uh, Arabic word for, for God. But um, um, he announced over the weekend that the former president was going on intensive care after on the, was in intensive care after undergoing surgery. Um, the presidency issued a statement that mourned him as a military leader, war hero, and offered condolences to his family. Um, this is one of those that seems to come with mixed reviews. I thought, what do you?
1: well um i want to say first of all rest in peace to the lead president um lead ex-president in it's funny in his final speech to egyptians before he stepped down after 30 years in power he said more than once that history would deliver the justice he believed was denied to him by his own people after his people gathered in the Tahrir square for two weeks calling for regime change so I guess it's now finally time to see if history would give him this justice upon his passing. Mm-hmm. I think that is a moment for No, Well put,
0: well put. I mean, you yeah, the protests, for a lot of it, you know, there's, there's not straight through the protests as well. I mean, relative to a lot of other governments in context, um, you see how, you know, some, some other governments are far more violent towards the protesters. I'm happy this was not the case, um, even though it's at your scale. And a lot of stuff happened yeah, violence, of course, but um, <clears throat> they really were one of our first examples of like the people uprising and, and something that were under the Um I think Tunisia was probably perhaps the first, and then it was.
1: Uh, yeah, I think Tunisia was the first.
0: Yeah, and it was Egypt. Um, I, was, I remember it being I mean, it dominated news at the time, um, and it's kind of you forget that this person was so old. But, I mean, he was president for thirty years. Um, but his personal is 91. But at 91, passing away is, is a long life um, by, by average standards. Um, but but with regards to history, I mean, you know, holding on to power for that long, or for whatever reason, um, I, I just, I don't think it bodes well for his, his historical context. Um, and the truth is that, you know, the crazy thing about corruption and African leaders and a lot of the things that it, like he said, of all, these things, you know, like nobody looks at Abacha except people who I consider to be not very wise. I'm not going to say the version of this. I thought I just had a front to my head, but like Abacha in Nigeria, for example, nobody looks at him and says, oh, that was a good leader because you know, he stole a bunch of money, he didn't treat people well, you jailed people, he, the economy didn't do any better under him than it was doing before, you know, people like to ascribe economic success to him but the question is opportunity cost. if you had somebody better in there somebody or a set of people who could work on it wouldn't you be better off than you are? i think that's what people don't understand they say okay things are relatively good now but why things are bad are bad now as i say with after effect on what that person did then but just like the other story about the dams um of course the effect of the things you do go across time what you're doing today may affect you know, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. That's what leadership is. Presidencies is often reverberate to time and space so long after those folks are gone. And everything President Mubarak has done, good or evil, will affect his people for at least another 50 to 100 years. So the question is, what, how does that bode for, for the country? How does Abacha stopping Nigeria's a democratic transition on, on more than one occasion uh, bode for the people? You know, all of those things are key questions. What is the opportunity cost Of the thing we've been through. So we don't get to look back on people like this and say, oh, things were better and they currently are. No, things are bad as they are because of how that person was. you weren't going to live forever, however, you like to slice it and dice it. So things the bad was coming. The question is how how long would we have allowed ourselves to hang out waiting for it? So that's my uh self-righteous soapbox speech and all that.
1: Yeah, another thing to consider is, is especially for all the African leaders that like to rule for a very long time, Robert Mugabe and Co. I think leadership, especially in presidency, is like a bell curve. Like, you can only rise so much, and then you start to drop. So once you start to drop, once you hit that top, that apex, it might be time to scoot on over. Um, There's a reason why presidencies were created for a four- or five-year term. There's a reason why um you need an influx of ideas of people um and that should be respected in society
0: so um yeah and the one is a failure of a leadership to not prepare people to replace you too that's my fundamental belief anyways um guys this has been your friends over here at pod save Africa your pod psa family we love you very much wash your hands don't touch your face
1: wash your hands your hands. Don't
0: touch your face. Face. Watch your hands. Don't touch your 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 a... face. Watch your hands. touch your face. Watch your face. your Don't touch your face. man. your face. your face. your face. up. your face. No problem. your Anywho, this was fun. Um, definitely great to hear from you guys and listen to you guys as always. Thank you to all our patrons. Support us at patreon.com slash patreon.com slash
1: Africa. Africa.
0: Africa. Thank you very much for your love. Follow us on Instagram at Africa. We love you. We have a lot of exciting stuff coming for you. We're super excited. Only any parting words?
1: Yes, we want to shout out our patrons. We want to shout out Hey. Thank you so much for supporting us as our patrons.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we also want to shout out MD, who was our first patron. Oh. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And we hope to continue to interact with you guys as you are now members of the Pots of Africa team. And to those of you who may want to continue to join us as members of the Pote Africa team, Please hit us up at www.patreon.com slash hot Very Africa. Exactly. Very, very easy.
0: So much. Means the world to us. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Uh, please send us your emails and your Instagrams or whatever. And we'll be we'll be sending you some special goodies as part of the Patreon perks PP. That sounded terrible. Never mind. What are not calling it? That. PSAPs. PSAPs.
2: Working. Working.
0: Yeah, we gotta go to focus group and see, see what tests will. Anyways, yeah. uh, take care, guys, and this has been a pleasure. Sherry from your PSA.
1: To in, signing out.
0: Signing out, PSA.